the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. When you've been told those three words, you have cancer, your life is turned upside down. There are life-altering decisions to make, and it's difficult to know the right thing to do. Today's guest, Leanna Werner Gray, heard those words after she found a lump bulging out of her neck. Upon seeking medical treatment, she was given a different diagnosis and treatment plan by each doctor she visited, hitting a point in her life that she describes as her rock bottom. Leanna felt toxic and decided that it was time to change her life. Today, Leanna is cancer and tumor-free. She is here to discuss her treatment protocol for healing. Leanna is a holistic and natural health advocate and founder and owner of The Earth Diet. She is the author of the book, Cancer-Free, Heal the Disease and Support Your Immune System with the Right Foods for You. Welcome, Leanna. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Joan. Thank you so much for having me on. So, Leanna, let's start off by talking about your story. How old were you when you found the lump in your neck and how did you find it? I was at the end of 21, so about to turn 22, and I found it because I was just um, out one night at a music festival, and all of a sudden, something just popped in my neck, and it was like a burst. It was immediate, and I, I felt it. Um, it hurt. It was it was like a painful pop, and I felt my neck, and I was like, ooh, okay, and I thought it was a swollen gland at the time. So I, I basically ignored it for a couple weeks. I just thought, you know, a swollen gland, so I started eating some garlic and drinking ginger tea and over the course of the next couple of weeks it got bigger and bigger and harder and harder so that's when I went to seek professional um, opinion. And what did the doctor say what did they find? Well first I went to a naturopath because my upbringing was very natural and I learned about getting nutrition straight from the earth from a young age from where I grew up in Alice Springs so it's a very indigenous rich culture so I straight away went to a naturopath and she said okay I've I had a tumor in my throat and had it removed and this looks really bad. So you need to go to the hospital. So she sent me to the hospital. So I went to the hospital and that's where I got a biopsy done and the results came back. So I had a 3.7 centimeter tumor in my throat. And that's when I then sought different medical opinions on what it was and what to do. And basically what I gathered was it was early stages of cancer. So it wasn't stage four or anything crazy like that, but it was enough of a wake-up call for me to say, you know what, this shouldn't be here in my throat, especially at this young age, so I really need to change my lifestyle. So that's when I started to make all the changes. Well, Leanna, when they made the original diagnosis, did they recommend traditional treatments like surgery, chemo, radiation? Yes, surgery was recommended. Chemo and radiation was not recommended because it wasn't so serious and it was kind of like, let's see what happens with it. Surgery was recommended. You know, that's just such an easy one. These days, unfortunately, doctors and hospitals will will want to cut someone open for surgery immediately. So that was like an easy one. Um, But I knew deep down in, in my core that if I was just to cut it out, I wasn't addressing the deeper root cause, which is what I really needed to address and to heal. So I turned down all conventional methods. All right. So what did you do then? 
So I went back to the naturopath. I worked with her and another medical doctor who, he at the time, he was helping a lot of people with cancer. So he had vitamin C drips um, at his practice, and he was recommending healing with food, basically. So I took that approach. And at the time, I was very addicted to junk food because after I left Outback Australia, I moved to the city, and that's when I started to indulge in a very fast food, processed food lifestyle. So five years of that, I was very addicted to sugar and fried foods. And so I was like, okay, I'm still craving chocolate and cookies and candy and pizza and burgers, even though I have this huge tumor in my neck. So how can I not crave these foods? So that's when I started to make my own recipes using whole ingredients. And that helped me replace cravings like chocolate. I would make my own chocolate brownies. So I call that the upgrade system now. So that really helped me. So every time I had a craving, I thought, okay, how can I upgrade this choice right now? So, you know, the best upgrade is for us to make it ourselves. And then I also started juicing. I had six juices a day of vegetable juices, beet juice and green juice. And that really helped to detoxify my body. And I also knew intuitively I needed to put a lot of nutrition back in my body because I had deprived it of nutrition for those five years eating junk food. And then I also did other natural things like colonics and coffee enemas. And that really worked for me as well. So you basically worked on the premise that if your lifestyle, the way you ate, the way you lived, if that made you sick, then why not put the proper nutrients into your body and it could heal you? Yes, exactly. That was my belief, my thoughts at the time. Was there ever a time, I know that there are people who are diagnosed with cancer and there, there actually, I spoke to a gentleman by the name of Chris Work and I know that you've worked with Chris and he had a book called Chris Beat Cancer. And in his story, he shared about how you know, he was getting pressure from his family and friends that he should do the conventional treatments, but he knew it wasn't right for him. Was there ever a time when you were nervous about that, when you thought, well, you know, maybe I should have the surgery, maybe this isn't the way to go? No, I didn't. I was really confident and perhaps I was just young and naive, you know, I just thought this is what I need to do. And as soon as I got the idea, okay, to fulfill all the cravings, let me just eat natural food straight from earth and I started creating those recipes I just felt so much better and I just knew that it was the right thing to do and I just knew it was going to heal my body um Chris Walk is amazing also he contributed a recipe which was very exciting and you know what I also didn't tell a lot of my family or my friends so I knew that Mm -hmm. I wanted to only have the support of people who would believe in it so I told my mom and I told um my friends who were very into juicing and and natural lifestyle, but I really kept it quiet because I didn't want a lot of that, that backlash or people having different ideas and stuff. So according to Dr. Mark Hyman, 70% of cancers are related to diet. And I think that gives us a lot of power in prevention. Well, we definitely all need to look at our diet for one thing. And, you know, if our diet is good, then we know, okay, if I get cancer, it's not because of diet, perhaps it's because of environmental stress or emotional stress. So the diet is is just something every human being we need to take into consideration. And that's why I wrote this book, because I wanted to put together the top 15 foods on earth that have been proven to kill cancer cells, reduce tumors, and also prevent cancer. So if we eat a diet rich of these foods, we do lower our risk of ever getting cancer. And Leanna, what are some of those healing foods that we should be eating? Well, the number one food that I found, and I did a lot of research, and I was happy to do the research for for all of us. You know, I was just so curious as to what has been studied the most and been proven the most effective. And what I found, number one, out of all the foods on earth to kill cancer cells effectively, is broccoli sprouts. So broccoli sprouts is when... If we're growing broccoli on the third day, they're little sprouts and they're very potent with sephorophane. So broccoli also contains sephorophane, but it has a lower amount than the broccoli sprouts. So we can get broccoli sprouts from the health food store. We can order it online. We can also grow it ourselves. And so that's something now since finding that out, I've been incorporating. And I'll just eat like a handful of it as a snack. And also I'll put it on a salad, in a soup, and also in smoothies and juice it as well. So number two was turmeric, number three, blueberries, and number four is broccoli. And 
coming in at number nine is actually cacao powder, which I think people might be super interested to learn more about. Cacao powder is what we make chocolate with, and that's been proven to really reduce stress and provide the body with magnesium. So that's super helpful for preventing cancer and also healing cancer. And I attribute a huge um you know, part of my healing was the juicing, but the chocolate, it really was the chocolate that I was able to eat chocolate every single day without guilt. And it was nourishing my body and it was giving my body so many vitamins like magnesium and iron. Um, and then also number 10 is tiger nuts, which is another fascinating one. They've done some great studies on tiger nuts, which is a root vegetable, has the same amount of iron as red meat. So that's great for a vegan vegetarian or if someone's going through cancer and they want to reduce their red meat intake. So eating tiger nuts is super helpful or making tiger nut milk. And it's also been proven to help the liver if someone's going through a radiation or chemo treatment. So it helps the liver to detox and stay nice and healthy and strong. Leanna, you said that you hit rock bottom after years of eating processed foods and, and not taking very good care of your body nutritionally. What are some of the foods that you've learned are the really the, the most toxic, the ones that cause our health issues? Mm-hmm. Yes, well, I also list the 15 most toxic foods on the planet. The number one that I found the most toxic is white sugar and refined processed sugars like corn syrup or aspartame. So those are just sugars that the body just doesn't know how to break down. And so it creates some kind of disease. If it's not cancer, it might be diabetes. So that's just something that we definitely need to stay away from. And this was a hard one for me because I was so, so addicted to that the sugar and once we eat sugar for a few years our cells get used to it so when we do transition over to only eating natural sugars there is a detox process that happens so I do have some things in the book about that to help you get off sugar cravings and help through that detox process but the good news is people can still eat natural sugars like fruits honey maple syrup dates stevia those are all acceptable sugars that the body knows how to digest and how to break down. And then also on the toxic list, I've got food additives and soda, also GMO food, and also microwaved food, which is technically a form of radiation. In addition to eating healthily and feeding our body with the nutrients that we need to heal, what role do you think stress plays in determining whether or not we get cancer? And were you living a stressed out life before you were diagnosed? Yeah, I mean, I was constantly stressed because I was eating terrible foods and that contributes to our stress levels um, because there are certain foods that really stress the body out. And so I was always under a state of stress. I would eat copious amounts of McDonald's and KFC and chocolate and gummy bears. And so as soon as I would eat that, you know, I felt great for five minutes. And then after that, it was a crash and my body was just under constant state of stress trying to digest it and trying to get it out of my body and so that creates emotional distress and mental distress so I was always in a state of stress and that is something that we do need to be cautious of is how much in the day are we stressing out you know if we're stressing out 80% of every single day that's too much and I know you know it's a challenge because in this day and age stress levels are very high but that's something we all need to go on that personal journey inward and find a way that we can reduce our stress levels it's very important Leanna tell us about the earth diet what are the basic principles so the earth diet is what the blog that I created when I first started to transition away from junk foods and the principles were okay every time you have a craving think how can I fulfill this craving in a more natural way so that way we can eat all of the foods we want to eat for the rest of our life because that's what really stops people from starting to eat healthy because they think, well, I can never give up cookie dough and, and that's totally understandable. And so once I got that out of my mindset and thought, okay, well, how can I eat cookie dough? And then I would make that with almond flour, maple syrup, some cacao nibs, a bit of vanilla, a bit of sea salt. Then I was like, wow, okay, I'm eating this cookie dough that tastes so delicious and fulfilling and it's giving me nutrients at the same time so it's literally you know having our cookies and eating it too so that's one of the major principles and then another principle is to have one 
juice every day. So one green drink, for example, every single day, which I've committed to and I've had now for the last decade, 10 years of having a green drink every single day. So I always go for a fresh juice if I can. I'll either make it myself or I'll you know, I live in New York City, so I'll go to a juice bar and get an organic juice made with cucumber, celery, some kale, spinach, ginger, lemon, maybe some apple as well. And then if I'm traveling or on the go, I just take a greens powder with me that actually has broccoli sprout powder, wheatgrass, broccoli, collard greens, kale. And I just mix that into a cup of water and I get an instant green drink. So that's super convenient. So that's another main principle of the Earth Diet. And the Earth Diet basically just is about embracing everything the Earth is providing naturally and then staying away from man-made foods as much as possible. Liana, as someone who heard those three words that all of us dread hearing, you have cancer, what advice do you offer to someone who may have a new diagnosis? Well, the first thing I would say is don't make any rush decisions. So gather all your information first. And that's why I wanted to put this book together just to show people, you know, just take all this information in first, know all of your options and then make a very empowered choice because you may still do chemo and surgery and radiation, but at least know about all the other options that are available to you because there are a lot of them. And unfortunately, because of the system and, and the medical system, you know, the most promoted cancer treatments are the ones that we know, chemo, radiation, surgery. But there are actually a lot of them out there. Just know all your options and make an empowered choice. And then you want to make sure you're getting as much nutrition into your body every single day as possible because your body's going to need a lot of energy to help your immune system stay strong and to be able to heal and kill those cancer cells. The book is Cancer Free, Heal the Disease and Support Your Immune System with the Right Foods for You. If you'd like to get more information about Leanna and her work, you can visit cancerfreewithfood.com. Leanna, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I would say just remember that there are thousands of natural remedies and foods on earth that are really helping our healing right now. So if you haven't found the right one for you, just keep searching because it might be eating more magnesium will work for you and heal that what needs to be healed. Um, Yeah, just check out all the foods that I list in my book and whichever ones excite you, embrace those in your diet and that will really help to keep your immune system strong. Leanna, thank you so much for joining us and for providing this reminder of how important it is for us to be an, an advocate for our own health. Food can make us sick, but it also has the power to heal. And as you said, we should research all of the different options that we have available because we do have many ways to healing it. And it's just so great that you're here to present this information. And thank you for doing such important life-changing work. Thank you so much, Joan, for having me today. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you feel lost on your journey to health and happiness? Then let us guide you on your path. Personalized actions towards health. Your path is a series of choices you act on every day. We guide you on a personalized journey of dietary, exercise, genetic, supplement, and lifestyle choices that lead you to optimal health and happiness. Often taking the road less traveled, leads to liberation. Your path is personal. Your journey, like you, is unique. Take action today. Head to bestpathforme.com. Again, that's bestpathforme.com. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 Magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. It's time for To Your Health. Joining us today is Eileen Lashinsky, the founder and creator of Fine Body Freedom, a program developed for women who want to change their relationship with their bodies. For over three decades, Eileen battled with her own issues with body image, weight, and her relationship with food. After trying every diet on the market, she realized that the answers to her struggles were right inside her body. Since then, Eileen has been working with women to guide them to discover their own innate body wisdom 
and to find body freedom. Welcome, Eileen. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad to be here, Joan. Thank you. Eileen, you recently published a book, Reflections of a Fat Girl, Wisdom Lost and Found from Growing Up Overweight. Can you tell us a little bit about how this book came about? Yes, I can. And I have to say, I'm so excited to be able to talk to you and to others about the book. Um, But I will tell you that even though I'm so excited about the book, um, it was my husband, actually, who said, Eileen, you have to put your writing into a book form. And when I was in private practice in upstate New York um, for nine years, uh, for seven of those years, I wrote a monthly article for Jill Magazine, which was published by our local newspaper. And every month I had a column and every month I would write about women's issues, about anything and everything having to do with women, whether it was a national holiday, a political event, or um, something I might have seen on TV or read in the newspaper that would be of interest to women. And I wrote article after article after article. And my husband at some point said, Eileen, you have to put these into a book. And I said, no, I don't want to do it. And I don't think they belong in a book. And he said, Eileen, you have to do this. And then my marketing guru came along and basically said the same thing. So guess what? Now we have a book. So Eileen, what does this title represent? What are the main themes that you teach? So the title represents, I'll start with that one, Joan. Um, The title represents the fact that by the time I was uh, five years old, I was fat. I was a fat child. And I was an adolescent. And I was in a young adult and intimate adulthood uh, swinging from um, uh, binge eating to Uh, highly restrictive eating and I my weight went back and forth and my emotional self went back and forth and so the title represents the fact that uh, for so much of my life and even in moments now the lens that I looked at the world through was from this fat girl perspective And all of the wounds and um, and the scarring, basically, that I uh, accumulated over the years because of the messages I received when I was a fat child and beyond that. So the title is very, very representative of the lens, not only um, that I experienced the world through, but also that I wrote many or all of the articles from. And so what are the main themes that you teach? Um, The main themes in the book, well, what I did was I took all of the articles and, and I took them and I categorized them. And there is a chapter on body image. There is a chapter on innate body wisdom. There is a chapter on uh, hunger and why we eat, because many of us women know uh, that we don't simply eat because we're hungry. Um, Or if we're hungry, we might not be hungry for food. We might be hungry for something else, but we eat anyway. And um, another theme in the book is about self-love. So what... Do, what do the articles teach? What do I teach through the articles? That basically we have to go within and learn about our own innate body wisdom. We have to learn about what will work for us. Because what will work for me, what has worked for me, doesn't necessarily work for somebody else as that person might try to duplicate it that we all have to tweak whatever it is, for example, that I might say in the articles and say, okay, I'm going to try this out, but if this doesn't work, I can learn how to do this, how to tweak it. 
as long as I'm paying attention to my innate body wisdom and responding accordingly. So we have to learn the language of our bodies. And that's also a message in the book. So we learn the language our bodies speak. That's step one. And of course, step two is for us to respond accordingly. Eileen, in about 30 seconds or less, if you could sum it up, what is the takeaway from what you teach? Readers will take away my absolute love and respect for women and my hope and dream for more body positivity and body diversity depicted in mainstream media. We need more of that so that we can see ourselves when we look at TV or open up a magazine or a newspaper. And that's just not the case these days. Eileen, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to learn more about the book or Eileen and her work, you can visit findbodyfreedom.com. Again, that's findbodyfreedom.com. Or as always, you can hear more from Eileen by visiting our website, cyacyl.com slash Eileen. We'll be right back. Is your organization struggling with virtual team engagement? Do you know how to best help your employees leverage their natural abilities, whether they work on location or remote? Communication is the key. However, many businesses are challenged by lack of communication. Knowing your employees' preferred behavioral style helps to ensure the message is received as intended and creates a positive organizational culture. This can be accomplished with the use of behavioral assessments. These assessments are not like tests with a right or wrong answer. Rather, they are surveys or questionnaires frequently administered online to help understand motivations, explain behavioral preferences, communication styles, skills, and emotional intelligence. There are no shortcuts or ways to cheat as can be done on a test. They offer deeper insight into your organization's most precious assets, your people. There are tools available in the marketplace that give a glimpse into the how, what, and why a person does what they do, removing blind spots for themselves and others, a path to revealing potential. If you would like to experience a complimentary assessment, reach out to me, Bertha Robinson at 732-705-5060, or visit my website at staronprofessional.com. Recently, I was flipping through a toy catalog, shopping for a gift for a French child, when I stumbled upon an item that had brought hours of enjoyment to my children. It's a square box that has different shapes cut out into each side with matching pieces. The goal of the toy is for children to fit each piece into its corresponding hole, thus learning to recognize shapes and how to fit like things together. My boys spent hours placing the various shapes into their respective holes. Most times, the pieces fit together with ease, but on occasion, they would work tirelessly trying to make the wrong piece fit into the wrong hole, an oval in a circle, a square in a triangle, a rectangle in a square. As I reminisced about them sitting on the floor working at this task, I began to think about how this activity mimics what we do throughout our life, work to make the pieces fit. Hi, this is Joan Herman, here with a lesson learned while earning my PhD in life. Sometimes our choices fit perfectly, but other times, no matter how much energy we expend, they just don't fit. How many times have you been in a friendship or romance that didn't work out? In most situations when the breakup occurred, anger, heartbreak, and disappointment soon followed. Then blame. Someone must be at fault. Someone was wrong. You tried so hard, so why couldn't it survive? Instead of being consumed with anger and resentment, Did you ever stop and think that maybe, just maybe, it was simply a wrong fit and that no one is to blame? Like the pieces in the toy, each of us has an individual design derived from life experiences. We are each as unique as a circle, square, triangle, or octagon. When we make the right match, everything fits perfectly. But when we have the wrong pieces, it doesn't work, no matter how hard we push or on what angle. It would be ridiculous to say something is wrong with the circle because it didn't fit in the square. We recognize the shapes as being different, so why do we make those claims about people? Why do we assign blame to a person and then spend the rest of our life being angry and resentful, thinking about what could have been? Perhaps a new perspective would be to view each of us as the pieces of the toy, unique with our own characteristics, perfect in our design, but not always a fit. 
no matter how hard we try to squeeze it together and how much we want it. Perhaps looking at life experiences in this way may make it easier to let go and stop assigning blame. It may enable us to forgive and move forward. So the next time you experience the loss of a valued relationship, rather than being consumed with anger and bitterness, just release it. Try to view yourself and the other person as shapes, different from each other, but with their own purpose, beauty, and value. Perfect in their individuality, but they just don't fit. Thanks for spending these minutes with me. For more information and empowering tools, visit joanherman.com. with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. Like it or not, change is inevitable. And when change occurs, we may wonder if we can get through it. My next guest, Iman Al-Zabi, says that responding to the challenges of the modern world is an endurance event and not a sprint. She believes that it's essential that we learn how to swim through the dark waves in order to reach the light. Iman is the author of the book, Finding Grace, Daily Comfort for Uncertain Times. Welcome, Iman. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Joan. So, Iman, tell us about your life. How did you get started on a spiritual path? Well, that's a, a, a long story, but um, it essentially started when I suffered from anxiety disorder, panic disorder, and, and depression. And it was started with postpartum depression that developed into you know a long period of depression that didn't go away. So from there on, I, I kind of tried to find solutions in the medical world and you know uh, my psychologist couldn't help but give me medication and I knew that wasn't the answer so I'd go to him and say I have these thoughts in my head and I want them to stop and he would say you know just make them stop and I'm like you don't know what I'm going through and you don't understand so I realized back then you know I've got to find a way and I got to take my power back. So as soon as I learned about CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, finding ways to change the way I think, I started to feel like, you know what, I feel more empowered now that I I can, I feel like I have the tools Mm -hmm. to conquer these thoughts and work with them. And so that's when my journey started. And then I started to um, learn a little bit about the work of Louise Hay and, and the work of many others. And that's when my journey started into um, practicing energy healing, uh, working with um, trauma release and and all that that goes with kind of recovering the self. And so, yeah, my journey started with anxiety and panic disorder and then ended up with me finding me again. You know, it's interesting because as I'm listening to you, it sounds like you're describing my life. I had a very similar path. I had been married for 23 years. I raised my children. I had what seemed to be, to the outside world, a very normal, quote-unquote, normal life. And then in a period of six months, my marriage ended, my oldest son left for college, my mother died, and my sister died. And I went through all of this grief and loss, and, you know, I had to deal with with death and divorce and self-esteem issues and I hadn't worked in the outside world in 17 years. I was raising my family. And so it's very similar to what you went through. I could have taken a pill, but I decided that I wanted to figure out who I was, what I could learn from this experience. And that's where the work that I do came from. Everything that I'm doing is the result of what I went through and the lessons. And it's very similar to what you experienced. So can you share with us a little bit about what you've learned since you started this journey? Yeah, it was mostly me learning that the reason I have that anxiety and panic disorders because I felt at some level, I betrayed myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I betrayed myself by kind of getting married early, um, having a premature child, studying at that time. It was a lot of social pressure also from my husband's family and all the things that the society wanted me to do and I couldn't do and didn't want to do but perform, right? Mm-hmm. And so in that space, I learned because I wasn't being myself, I, you know, my body was sending those signals, you know, anxiety and the panic and everything else around it, 
was basically saying, you know what, you're, you're not on your right path. You're not on, on, on your true path as being yourself. And so that, that was the main lesson for me. So right now, as I know that if I feel like something is off in my psyche, I have to attend to it. So you have to kind of attend to, to your psyche as soon as possible so that it doesn't get in, out of hand at some point, that, it, that grief doesn't take over your life or a sense of loss doesn't take over or despair. Um, practicing those kind of um, inner check-in is a very important thing. And then this is one of the things I talk about in my first book, The Art of Surrender. I talk about knowing the self and understanding what it stands for and its values and, and kind of living in congruence to that. Mm-hmm. That to me is a path to authentic living. I know for most of my adult life, I was just muddling through life, not really paying attention to what anything meant. It, it was really just wake up, do the routine, go to bed, and then get up the next day and start all over. Do you think that's why there are so many people that are suffering today with depression and anxiety disorders because they're not honoring their true self? Oh, absolutely. That to me is, is the key. Like there's, there's always a key and lock and, and there's a key that will unlock. And to me, for the self, as soon as you don't give the self the right environment, the right um, how should I say, the life that it wants to live. And, and because we're not checking in, because we're not asking those questions of ourselves, because we're not kind of staying with ourselves and, and asking about what is our vision, what a life would like to be, and what kind of values do I want to live by? And when I say values, I don't really mean like ethical kind of values. What I mean is things that are, you value as a person. If you value beauty, then that's the thing you would want to live by. So you want to make sure you know, your environment is beautiful. You want to make sure you have a beautiful garden or whatever that is that, that, that pleasures your soul, right? And then um, if you feel like adventure is your thing and, and you're not giving that to yourself, you will always, always betray yourself and feel there's something off and I, there's something missing in my life. And one of the things that I learned and that I strongly believe today is that we need to keep our emotional, our spiritual, and our physical parts in balance. We're sum of all of those things, and it's really important to pay attention to each. Absolutely, yeah. So we're living through challenging times today, and um, you know, people are, are scared. We're dealing with coronavirus around the world. There's a lot of uncertainty. It's really uncharted waters for most of us. How can someone find that balance that we just talked about? I think it's about what I'm seeing right now and what the world is going through is, is really a removal of the mask. Mm-hmm. Even though we're putting an actual mask, but we're removing another mask, which is a mask that we put on for years of pretending to be someone we're not, or of pretending that, you know, we want to want to do this thing in life. But then at the time of retreat, when we come back in, um, we are starting to really um, look at life differently. Like, you know, when, when you face death, and when you face loss, when you face challenges, everything kind of becomes clear, and everything becomes small. You know, the, the, the boyfriend that you cared about for so long, <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore, right? Right. Or, or you know, the, the thing that you always wanted to, you know, impress or the friend that you wanted to compare yourself to doesn't really matter anymore. This is a time when, when the virtues inside of us want to come out. This is a time when our values want to come out. This is a time of us redeeming ourselves and coming forth to our true full self. And when I say that, it doesn't mean you're going to live a life of no challenges at all. Or if you're going to live a life that you're not going to be uh, in, a, in a state of pain of any kind. That just goes with life. Life is always um, in cycles and it's, there's always that element. There's always polarity in life, right? But it's about how strong can you feel inside? How resilient can you feel inside? How uh, um, anti-fragile you are mm-hmm. inside just because you have gone through the journey of self-discovery just because you have known your values just because you have connected to yourself to nature and to god to me those are the three most important relationships 
And we're being forced to slow down and, and quiet all of the noise. And I love what you said, the removal of the mask, even though we're wearing a mask. I think that that just says it all. And even though we're all experiencing a lot of pain, I think that there are so many blessings that can be found during this time. And, and you just said it so eloquently. Oh, absolutely. And I noticed that in my family, like to find each other, because we've always been busy as, as adults and individuals. I found my husband, my husband found me, and I found my children, and they found me. And to me, that was the greatest blessing. The book is Finding Grace, Daily Comfort for Uncertain Times. Iman, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Joan, for having me. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Mark Anthony with a quick path tip. What does your breath and fat have in common? Carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. At a basic level, all fat is made up of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Now, I bet you are not aware that roughly 80% of your fat loss happens when you exhale. How can that be, you ask? Take a big, deep breath in. Now exhale. Let's take a look at what happened in that breath cycle. Most of what you breathed in was O2, or oxygen. The oxygen that you breathed in connected to the carbon and hydrogen atoms in your fat. The hydrogen turns into water, and the carbon turns into carbon dioxide, the air you breathe out. Since the carbon in fat weighs more than the hydrogen, roughly 80% of your fat loss is exhaled as CO2. So what does this really come down to? Do exercises that cause heavy breathing. Whether you walk, run, lift weights, high intensity or low intensity, focus on your breath and revel in the fact that it's causing you to breathe away the inches on your waistline. For more information, please visit bestpathforme.com. Once again, that is bestpathforme.com. When deciding to list your home for sale, the goal is to sell your home at the highest price possible within the shortest period of time. Making sure that your home sells fast is an important part of this process because it makes sure that you net the most money possible. Hi, my name is Danielle Grosso from my team, GC Properties, New Jersey, within Keller Williams Realty, here to share four tips with you on how to sell your home faster and at the highest price. One, make buyers feel at home by decluttering your home. Pack away all personal items like pictures, awards, and sentimental belongings. Two, since you took the time to declutter, keep it organized. Before the buyers show up, pick up toys, make the beds, clean and put away the dishes. Three, give buyers full access. Some buyers, especially those relocating, don't have much time available. If they can't get into your house right away, they might move on to the next one, and you don't want to miss the opportunity. Four, and most importantly, price it right. With all the competition coming onto the market, you want to make sure your home is noticed. By pricing it to sell immediately, your home will be seen by the greatest amount of buyers, might get multiple offers, and will sell above the asking price. Wouldn't that be great? If you want to sell your home in the least amount of time, at the best price, with as little hassle as possible, a local realtor is a useful guide. Call them today to find out what you need to do to get your home sold. And if you have any further questions about real estate, whether that be buying, selling, or investing, please visit our website, gcpropertiesnj.com and click the contact button. I'd love to connect. Listen to Conversations with Joan at a time that's best for you. Shows drop every Monday across all major podcast platforms. To tune in, visit cyacyl.com slash podcast. Start your week on a positive note. Listen to Conversations with Joan. productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach On Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Allison Carmen, a business consultant, life coach, and author of The Gift of Maybe, offering hope and possibility in uncertain times. Allison's podcast, 10 Minutes to Less Suffering, provides simple tools to reduce daily stress and worry. She's here today to discuss how to stop being stuck. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for joining us. Joan, thank you so much for having me today. So, Allison, I hear so many people telling me that there are things they want to do or goals they want to achieve, but they just feel like they're so stuck and they can't move forward. What happens when we need life to be a certain way? Well, that's a great question. I mean, the minute we need life to be a certain way, we're going to suffer. 
because life is always going to be uncertain. And a lot of us, we look for certainty because it makes us feel safe. It makes us feel secure. But the problem with that is that we can't predict what's going to happen in life. So the minute something uncertain happens, like the pandemic or a job loss or a child has a problem, we fall apart because we believe that that certainty is not there for us and therefore life's not working out. And we forget is that life can work out many different ways. And this need for certainty makes us feel stuck. And the minute we feel stuck, we don't move forward. We don't look for expansion. We don't come up with new ideas. We don't live our best life because we're just clinging to the past and we're just clinging to the way we thought life would be. And what's so fascinating is usually life is inviting us. It's singing to us to do something new, do something different. Sometimes we have an opportunity and a possibility and we can't even see it because we're so looking for the way we thought life would happen. And this actually just happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Um, I have a client who, well, a friend client who had has an autoimmune disease, and he is very into alternative therapies. And so he was meditating, and he was doing Reiki, and he was doing all these great things, but he wasn't getting better. And one day he went to a doctor who said, you know, if you want to really feel better, you have to have this medical treatment. And he freaked out, and he was like, I'm not having this medical treatment it wasn't supposed to be like this. I'm an alternative person. And it's so interesting. The first thing I did to him when he told me this story is I read him a story from The Gift of Maybe. And it's about a man who is in a flood. And he is on his roof. And as the water was rising, a neighbor in a rowboat appeared and told him to get in. And he said, no, the Lord will save me. And then a firefighter appeared in the speedboat. And the guy said, climb in. And the man said, no, the Lord will save me. And next, a helicopter appeared, and the pilot shouted that he would lower a rope to the man on the roof. But the man said, no, the Lord will save me. Eventually, the man drowned, and he went to heaven. And we asked God, why didn't you help me? God shrugged and said, I sent the neighbor. I sent the firefighter. I sent the helicopter. What more do you want? And that's what happened. And my friend was immediately moved, and he was like, I didn't even see this. I was so stuck on going this alternative route that I never even considered that this was a new possibility. And what's so amazing about the story is that he really took this to heart and he started the treatment. And this is the first time he has felt better in years. And I'm not saying that medical treatment is, is always the right way, but what I am saying is that he was stuck on how it was supposed to be. And there was a helicopter and a firefighter and a boat. There were all these things there for him and he couldn't see it. Because he thought life is this way and this is how it has to be and I am stuck and I, I can't figure it out. So when we're able to think about stories like this, there's always something else for us if we're willing to let go of the past and be open to something new. You know, we look for certainty instead of possibility. And I so understand why we do this because deep down we just want to be okay. But what we fail to see is that our okayness is when we're open. Our okayness is when we look at life and we say, what is life offering me right now? Instead of demanding it has to be a certain way, we open and we expand and we allow life to happen in front of us and we avail ourselves to so much more that is possible. And sometimes we're really not stuck. It's just we're holding on to something that no longer is. And when we allow ourselves to put that down, we open up to all that can be. I know in my life, most of the pain that I've experienced was because of all of the woulda, coulda, shouldas that I really believed, you know, the way yeah. things were supposed to be. Yeah. And when you hold on to that mentality, it really does cause so much unnecessary pain. And, and I learned that I had to release those expectations. So what have you done and what do you teach to help release those expectations so that we can move forward? Well, well the first thing is to create awareness, which, which is a it's a big ask, right? Because we have these limiting beliefs that we feel are real. We feel the reality. But once we start to feel that tightness, that stuckness, we have to remember what that feeling is, that pain, that fear, and create this awareness. And we have to start asking ourselves, you know, am I holding on to the past? Am I clinging on to something 
that no longer exists. That's the thing, too. Sometimes we're just going this cycle in our head. We want things to be a certain way, but they're not that way. And, you know, there's a level of acceptance that we have. But I don't mean acceptance with resignation because sometimes they're like, okay, I'll just accept the things the way they are and not move forward with my life. It's almost like I consent to receive this situation the way it is. And I am so open to all that's possible. So it's a constant asking ourselves, how am I feeling? Am I feeling uptight? Am I feeling pain? What is life telling me in this moment? Because if we can do that, if we could let go and not grab and not cling and not look for safety, we are going to be so open to the life that is waiting for us. And usually we are the ones that are limiting our lives. So this is a tough one because it's hard to let go of the past, but there's so much waiting for us if we're willing to be open to what life is offering us in the moment. Allison, do you have an exercise that you can leave us with? I love the story. This story about, you know, the man on the roof, that is a beautiful story to read every week. Because when you read that story, when you think about the story, you laugh because you immediately you think to yourself, oh, yeah, I've been that person on the roof. So that story alone, if we remember that, we're automatically going to laugh because we know when we're resisting. So again, just creating that awareness within ourselves and asking us the questions, am I coming to the moment? empty and open? Am I holding on to what happened yesterday? Am I not letting go? Am I not availing myself to all that's possible? So it's about acceptance, consenting to receive, thinking about that man on the roof, because we're all that person at some times in our lives, and asking the right questions and just opening, because again, life is usually offering us something. And if we're willing to take it, it might lead us in a a beautiful direction that we never could have expected. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Allison and her work, you can visit her website, alisoncarmen.com. Or as always, to hear more from Allison, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Allison. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications, LLC.